Kiora, this program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Wellington Access Radio, make your voice heard. Hi, welcome back everyone. This is B-Side Stories, Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM. Uh, we are rolling. Welcome Sadie and her crew. Sadie. Hi, um, so just on my first show here, I've got my very first guests. I've got three very creative people here today. I've got Stavros Kiriokidis and Anthony Kitchener and Simon, whose last name I've written down here. Oh, Lichwager. That was pretty good. Okay, (laughs) good one. (laughs) So um, Stavros is a bit of a local artist. If you live anywhere along the south coast or walk along that way, you've probably seen some of his sculptures. Um, Some of the sculptures are not immediately apparent that... They are the work of an artist, I have to say. You'll go, hmm, that's an interesting arrangement of rocks and sticks. And then after a while it's like, I don't think the waves did that. (laughs) Others are a bit more obvious, like they're obviously made by a person. Um, So that caught the attention of Anthony and Simon, who have been making a documentary film about Stavros. So lots of interesting creative activity coming around there. Um, So how long have you been making the sculptures, Stavros? kind of comes together back in um, 2013 when um, the island-based seawall gets struck by that major storm. Everybody talks about that major storm. Um, it's uh, right on solstice, the storm, prior to the shortest day. And uh, after that, there's, there's a real mess of stuff and it's very cold, freezing cold weather. August arrives and it feels like it's getting a bit warmer, September, August and you're thinking, oh yeah, go out and enjoy the coast, go for a walk, and there's a lot of material around, you know, and I just get an idea in my head that I'm going to balance a piece of wood like I have on previous storms. There's been a couple of previous bad ones before where the stuff goes all up over the road, um, Aferro Bay, Houghton Bay, everything's blocked up at the uh, Pines Restaurant on the way to Lyle Bay. Everything's like over the road, you can't get anywhere around the coast. Year after year, and say there's been a few years of it but this one was the major one is that the one that knocked down the wall yeah and yeah. so so just I felt like balancing a piece of wood it's all about balancing pieces of wood nothing to do with stone at all and uh, it's just kind of interesting one iconic scene again is back at the uh, batch cafe the old days called batch cafe and uh, I think it looks quite interesting this big piece of wood that's about three and a half meters long looks like a dolphin shape, I've talked about it before, uh, so so that's what kind of makes it start well before that storm and then the storm arrives and then I got an idea to build something just because I feel like doing something while I'm walking from A to B. I say when I walk back I think I'll have something to do, so I kind of like think along the lines I've got something to do while I'm walking and I'll do something instead of just walk out. So you do a lot of walking around? I do generally go walking yep. about and lots of different places, nothing to do with the coast, all up around Wellington, lots of places to walk. But never had an idea of doing sculptures. Right. Never had an idea of sticking up something in the sand or whatever. Okay. Had you done any other sort of art before in the past? And I hadn't been, no. Um, nothing nothing sculpture-wise, nothing at all. Right, so it was something, just a spur Something the clicked, I uh, said to myself, right. I'll bounce this thing, it's quite interesting see what happens, you know, and then you're, you're surprised how long it lasts. 
So that's kind of like the crux to it. Okay. Mm. It um, seems to be a lot about balance seems to be quite Yeah, a, it was quite a nice thing, a balancing stuff. So nothing to do with rocks and stuff. And then by a few months going into the next year, um, it could have been into the next year, I'm not even sure, but said to myself, oh, yeah, people stack rocks and stuff here. Yeah, maybe I'll... I'll bounce a couple of stones you know I know it's been done before okay all right but I just did something and then I saw phot photographically how good it looked with the sunset silhouettes etc and I did the stuff in a feta bay over and over and stacked them pretty high and got these really weird looking objects and I started photographing it thinking it looked really good mm -hmm. so um maybe <coughs> maybe because it looks so good maybe I started doing a few more rock um, objects and then I think I get myself being more clever, thinking I'll make it survive. I'll get it taller, make it survive, make it strong. I know about you know what the wind's been doing, I'll try this. And one thing leads to another, all of a sudden it becomes pieces of wood, rocks, it's all tied together down there at the sea wall. The sea wall becomes a sculpture site where the, where the break is, right in the centre. They build sculptures right in the break. And that becomes interesting right near the beginning of everything. So it's almost a bit dada as to drawing attention to some of those other objects and turning them into art, like the seawall. Would you feel like, do you have any um, other artists that have influenced you? I don't think so, but in my, in my years growing up, I think I remember the odd documentary showing us modern art, and the, you get this really strange, weird, you know, you know, hippie style modern art, and it's going clang, 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 and it's kinetic art. And we've got Len Lai, of course, and I wasn't even aware of Len Lai back then. But this thing would come on on our one TV station, TV One, for a long time until 1973, 74. We got Channel Two, but way back then it was just this material that would come across, and uh, we'd watch this thing because there's nothing else to watch. And uh, of course, you'd be interested in what's going on, and you think, oh yeah, it's interesting, and maybe I was influenced by the stuff I did watch. I like watching circus and people performing in the circus acts. I remember the high wire, I remember all that stuff, that mesmerising spinning top stuff, how it balances. I think putting it together with something like that would uh, influence the way I thought things would go. Maybe I really liked it too, to watch the guy on the high wire with the big long pole uh, balancing uh, across a building or two. Right. You've been compared to Len Lai, I've seen, on the internet. And that's, a, that's, that's fantastic. I've got a man, Jim, who, in the beginning, I'm down there by the lighthouse accommodation, he, he says, calls down to me as, I'm, as he's walking, I've never met him before, and he says, oh, very Len Lai. And I think, oh, really? You know, gee, what a compliment that is, eh? to be called yeah, a, it's pretty cool. as good as Len Lai. Come yeah. on now. And it's just a few months into it. Wow, that's pretty encouraging. The and so going. there's encouragement, yeah, isn't there? You know, people saying things like that to you encourages mm -hmm. you to move a bit harder, try and put <coughs> more attention to something. Sure. Yeah. And how did you guys come across Stavros and his work? Um, well, I think we, we live in Brooklyn, so we, you know, we, we go down to the south coast quite a lot, and obviously seen the the the, the you know the, the sculptures balancing for a couple of years. And but we kind of had this idea. Oh well, we always wanted to have a go at making a, a documentary, and so the idea was to choose something that was local that we can easily access and, and, and you know and do kind of outside of work. Um, and so that was the, the, the initial idea for the for the documentary was to do like almost like a five to ten minute portrait, kind of, yeah, portrait of an artist. Mm -hmm, yeah. um, and now it's turning out to be 
a lot longer. Okay. <laughs> so how long is it going to be now, do you think? Um, well, we're aiming for under 40 minutes because, A, this is our first film, so we don't want to be too ambitious, and then under 40 minutes would still count as a short film. Okay. So that's the idea behind the length. Um, yeah, and... Right, so um, whose definition is that for the short film? Um, I think it's, well, um, the uh, Academy Awards definition. Uh, <laughs> okay, the, fair enough, we'll take the, that. The Aim low. Is always asked, the question is always asked of me, Where's it gonna, when's it going to be shown and where is it going to be? So we hope to submit it to the Dock Edge Documentary Film Festival next year if we meet the deadline in January. Which is quite um, tight. Which is quite tight. <laughs> what stage are you up to? Uh, we, we, well, we're just starting the, the... Well, yeah, just starting the editing process now. Right. We, we, we've finished most of or, or got most of the actual footage shot and so it's just beginning to actually compile it and, and to, yeah, begin the editing. OK, sorry, I just thought I, <laughs> I thought you might turn off for a second, but it seems all right now. <laughs> well, it's probably my headphones. Cool. OK, um... Well, so that'll be really neat if you can get into the Dock Edge Festival. And um, again, this is a international one you're talking about. Oh no, no that's New Zealand. The Dock Edge is New Zealand. But, oh, the, but is... they show international films. Mm. Yeah. So that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Have you talked to them already about their requirements and so forth? Well, they're all available online. Sure. So. Great. Mm. And you talked about you wanted to make your type of film. What do you think your type of film is? <laughs> oh, um, I, I guess one, one that's got a good story I, I, I guess because you know, I come from a photography background as well and so I guess for me it's also about getting you know, nice imagery mm -hmm. which has been obviously challenging going from stills to um, you know, moving image because there's a whole lot more involved in, you know, in getting a good, a, a good image and then obviously I knew next to nothing about how, how you put all these different moving images together to, to tell a story, which is, thankfully, where, um, you know, Simmons kind of skills and expertise comes in. Um, sure. So have you got a background in films? Um, I was teaching film analysis for a little while, so I studied film and taught about the theory part, not the practice part. Sure. So we're a really good combination of theoretical skills and practical skills. Great. <laughs> and do you have other ideas for films? Loads. Simmering away. Loads. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, just, it's just trying to fit them around the day job. Yeah. The funding <laughs> is the major issue. Funding and time. We're, uh, plan B is the lottery. Mm -hmm. So it must have been kind of perfect for you guys working with Stavros um, just because of the great imagery that you would have been able to get. Yeah, I mean, always. Um, well, that, um, that was one of the reasons we actually chose that as a subject matter as well because it was always, always fascinated by, you know, when you drive along the coast and you'd see this kind of, <clears throat> I don't know, large black kind of... Very, very smooth stone that almost appears to be kind of you know defying gravity, you know, like it's balancing on its edge. And the wind's and it, blowing like a crazy. Yeah, and it just looked really, really kind of interesting and almost bizarre, if you will, that this stone was just kind of balancing on its edge and almost you know almost defying gravity. Um, and yeah, uh, and for, straight southerlies roll in. Oh yeah, yeah, they can. Yeah, a lot, a lot of the stones are are amazing that they can that, that they do withstand the um, the elements. Uh, well, Wellington's elements. Sure. How do you um, achieve that, Stavros? Yeah. Some super glue. Turns out yeah. Bit of flour and paste, and you know it hides from <laughs> it. Yeah, everybody's mesmerised by the idea that I'm 
did you put wire through that? Because they've seen the things with wire through them, with holes in them. And I think I bothered to go that far. And then, oh, did you actually glue that? Because you can get all sorts of glue that's probably easy to apply, which I don't know anything about. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just fantastic that they think I've glued some of the stuff. Because it does look a bit like, how does it do that? And no one understands why these things can survive. They get blown around in the wind themselves, saying, how come this thing's standing up? And sometimes there's a little microclimate too. Sometimes the wind blows around these edges and it dissipates the speed of the wind when it hits these things. And this is just experiment where I've discovered it myself. The wind comes sideways sometimes in a squall and it's whacked into these big boulders and rocks that dissipates the, and it becomes just turbulence instead of this force that you're doing a walk up here and you feel it in your face. But down there, down at say 300 millimeters, say at 400 millimeters, it's a different world down there. Hey, look, look at the delicate little plants and say, look how this thing's like. And this little plant's got this tiny little stalk, so delicate, and it just wobbles backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, and it doesn't break off. And you think, oh, how do they do that? It's just nature's real way of survival is this thin little millimeter stalk of a, of a plant. Surviving all that stuff in my rock is like ridiculous compared to those little plants. Sure. Well, it sounds like you've got quite a multidisciplinary <coughs> knowledge. Bit of physics, bit of botany. The, the physics, the botany, it's just, I see what's going on. I'm old enough to have experienced part of the world, I guess. Maybe I'm wise at the age that I am. <laughs> uh, and, and in a way, maybe there's something in that being the age that you are. How long um, have you lived in Island Bay? Since 1973. Um, uh, coming into November 73, um, I go into my fourth form high school year as 74 arrives. Wellington High School is the iconic you know, high school. That's where I went to high school. Right. Len Lai went to Wellington High School as well. In oh, the I old didn't days, know that. The old days of Len Lai, yeah. Huh. That's something I learnt as well. In the Wellingtonian uh, articles, the Wellingtonian um, uh, newspaper, they had articles about him uh, in the past, not long ago. Sure, wow. Yeah. And so obviously very influenced by the environment too, just as, as a person as well. You, you spend a lot of time out in it. I used to walk around that coast and be totally bored with it, thinking, really? I hate this place. It's freezing cold. How can you enjoy this space? I would like never go down there and say, give us a break. It's going to, you know, the freezing cold. How do people like enjoy this place? And then somehow, somehow I started to you know, work at it and find my way through that freezing cold. Truly, I did. I used to shy away from walking around that coast. Uh, really? But, but lifting all the, uh, the all, all the logs and the the stones keeps Davros pretty fit for. Uh, <laughs> how old are you, Davros? You know, Fifty-seven. What keeps me pretty fit, uh, and you know, I've got a bad back problem, real bad back problem, and I I surprise myself what I get up to, and I think to myself, I better not do that. I better, and then I push myself and I start lifting it the correct way, whatever. And there's something about building up your stomach muscles apparently that helps your back the back problem. So a very strong uh, muscular system in your stomach seems to support your back better and um, I was taught that when I had my back problems that you need to build up your stomach muscles, go and do exercise and of course you wouldn't. You'd uh, sit on the couch. Most of us would. told to do it and you don't do it, you just sit on the couch. Doesn't sound do like it. you do. That's because that's too much work having to actually do what you're told. But you told me about picking up some enormous rock and sticking it in a wall the other, the other day. How, um, how heavy was that rock near um, the Batch Cafe? The, the Batch Cafe, uh, well, it's called oh, the, the big, big piece now, of wood it? that's bouncing oh, on yeah. the big, big boulder there in the, in the car park. Right. That big piece of wood 
is something like four meters long and the curve if you walk along you do about four meters pacing it and it's a tree trunk with a big curve in it and it's just it's really amazing how I dragged it 100 meters to get it to there <laughs> and I was surprising myself how I managed to do that and I thought I've got to do this the clever way how do I get it down there it's been on the beach for about four or five weeks and it's be good to get that down because somebody else destroyed the other piece that was bouncing on there and all you saw was sawdust left behind there's <laughs> nothing but sawdust and like, yeah they chopped it up sawdust. again you know, they <laughs> chopped it up for either vindictiveness they want it for firewood but there's some weird guy cutting up stuff in my past, four years of it, he's been cutting up these beautifully sculptured pieces of wood from the coast, cut them, cut them off, end by end by end, I bounced the piece over and over and over, one piece was over five meters long, cuts the piece off, cuts another piece off, I keep balancing it, and he cuts another piece off, and I think this is vindictiveness, not actually people for firewood, this is like being, you know, an, annoying, and so... So I balance it again the way it is and it keeps balancing like I've got a piece now balancing before the Victoria Labs on the way to the new sea wall that's being constructed at Victoria Labs. Sure. And I purposely bounced that because it's got a saw cut on it saying this was another one and a half metres longer but it's still balancing, come and get it. <laughs> and I photographed it and the photographs just got these great images of it. Just another mm. elemental force to contend with. That other thing, I think it weighs more than I weigh easily. And I, I dragged it there and left marks on the um, car park of the Batch Cafe. This is the old name of the Batch Cafe. It's now called the Beach House and Kiosk um, Cafe. Uh, so there were long, you know, marks like railway lines along the um, car park to that site. You know, yeah. that. The council might be after. And I thought well. it was funny that people <laughs> would see the track marks where it came from, a hundred meters away. Now they've all dissipated away. Anyway, that piece is bouncing there now. And time and time again, people are throwing it off there. Uh, you actually won an award from the council, didn't you, at some point? The city council um, recognised the work um, for quite a while, but they gave me the award last year. Um, last year, I'm losing track now, eh? <laughs> yeah, 2016, wasn't it? I'm losing track. Mm. Um, they gave me the award for the absolutely positively Wellingtonian award, and they recognised all the sculptures up and down the coastline from Evans Bay to Island Bay, uh, Ferro Bay. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a very beautiful compliment to be given an award like that. Yeah, yeah right. Did you get nominated by somebody, do you think? I don't know how that worked exactly, but uh, a lot of people were talking, yeah. and obviously the interest level was high enough for that to happen. And of course, Celia Wade Brown's an Island Bay resident. She's probably yes, seen them. Yes, and she would see. And I wouldn't interact with Celia very much at all. I, I'd say hi. I'd see her, recognise her. She'd say hi back. And um, I, I got into very small conversations with her over, over this, uh, this stuff. And she didn't have much time, seriously, to stop. And so no, I don't imagine she wouldn't. Whatever happened, uh, happened because people were taking photographs the, the over and over, talking about it within themselves. Sure. And, and yeah. <laughs> These guys, you mean, they were obviously talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, actually, this is probably a question for all of you. I mean, you've all obviously been spending a lot of time down the beach. Um, I was sort of thinking about it. I was watching some music videos on the weekend of local bands, and a lot of those videos were shot on the on Wellington South Coast. And a lot of them were quite outlandish. And I thought, I wonder, you guys must have seen some stuff going on down the beach. If you're down there a lot, do you ever see any interesting 
music videos being shot. Yeah, I have seen Strange something. I wonder where they're going. I said, oh, what's that commercial? Is that a commercial? Is that a film? And I did ask about a couple of them. Some of them were films. And when were they going to come out? And, and it was interesting because if they tried to get the lighting right on the beach and, the, and so on and so on, and it's just mesmerising. Oh, what's going on here? Is a movie being made? Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. No, I was, never, I was never driven by anything like that, thinking, oh, I could be on TV or something. I was just... The interaction with people physically, the, 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 the movie footage, the talk on the radio, it's the interaction with the people, continuously people coming live, talking with you, you're showing them live something, and all you've got is some photographs to go by. But when you're out there, you get lucky and you meet people that really enjoy it, and they, um, they, they give you a, um, a great encouragement and respect. And um, say what a difference it makes in their lives. You know, uh, I'm thinking of these little children that are growing up and they're having their summer break. And people are saying to me, you know, when they grow up, they're going to remember the summertime. They're going to remember that day when they were down at the beach and they were doing the stuff with this guy down on the beach. And I'm thinking about that, that that's actually quite true because I can remember my childhood where something impressed me and it's never uh, left my memory. And I think maybe, maybe that makes a difference to them. And maybe it's something to be happy about. Sure, that's you know, a, happy that's days a, of summer. Another happy little th- creation you're making. Yeah, happy days of any day of the year. I thought I'd just be doing stuff in the summertime, and the, and I think I'll have a break in the winter. I'll give this a break. And all of a sudden, this beautiful weather. You can't help going out, and you just can't help doing something in this beautiful <laughs> weather again. Over and over, freezing cold. It's still beautiful sunshine. <laughs> so you get driven to do do it continuously without a stop. <laughs> Did he keep you guys working, following him around with your film camera? Um, <laughs> been a bit of that. Yeah, well, cause Stavros does walk. He he walks everywhere, for, you know, from from Trying Island to catch Bay. Up with yeah. him can be a challenge with Espe- all the gear. Especially with a camera. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think that that's kind of like a challenge for mm. me. Can I get there by walking there? I'm not going to do it the easy way, catching a bus. I don't want to spend the money on the bus right. I don't want to spend that amount of money going from A to B, and I say, I'm going to do that by walking from here to Evans Bay and back. The 6K there, 6K back, 3K over to Feta Bay and back, 3K back to Houghton Bay and back, and before I know it, I've worn out my shoes again, and I'm going to get some <laughs> And I say, hey, you know, it's cheaper to catch the bus and cheaper, but it is actually maybe because the amount of shoes that I've bought. <laughs> yeah. And you're towing a film crew, mind you, trying yeah. to keep up. <laughs> No, no, there's a drive of, say, I'm going to do it the hard way. I'm going to walk to get there. I'm not going to get a bicycle and do it. I'm not going to get a motorbike and get there. I'm going to walk. And, you know, walking is really the best thing for you. Better than jogging, walking and busy walking does the best thing for you all around. Slightly up a hill, slightly downhill. You've got the best deal of all of it. Nothing else is better than walking, and jogging is, is not it, apparently. Jogging just right. does you in, in your joints, etc. And you end up being a cripple one day when you're getting older. So yeah. all these joggers, watch out, guys. You're going to get it. Yeah. I must protest. I love running, and it keeps me feel fit and healthy. Yeah, I can sprint. Yeah. I can sprint. <laughs> we'll see fast. where I'll be when I'm your age, and then we'll talk again. <laughs> So Anthony and Simon, um, you talked about the film growing a lot in length. Why was that? Um, 
Well, I guess initially, as we said earlier, it was just supposed to be a portrait of the artist, but what we soon found out um, by witnessing it actually was that Stavros has a couple of people who oppose his works and they dismantle them, take them down, destroy them. Um, it seems to be a fair minority and so that conflict became really intriguing to us because initially we thought those sculptures are disappearing quickly because of the weather. But then mm. it turned out that there was actually people against that. And it just seemed bizarre to us because beautiful environmental art, what's the problem? Where's the controversy there? We just couldn't see it. Mm. And so that conflict has suddenly become a major part of the film. Yeah, I mean, because when we started filming as well back in well, January last year, or sorry, January this year, and and so I, I would go down to the coast in the morning before work and, you know, get get some shots of one of the sculptures that Stavros had built, and then I'd run out of time to, to finish all, all the shooting and figure I'd come back in, in the afternoon or, you know, after work to, to finish. And But then by the time I get back, it'll all be gone. Oh. And so in the summertime, the, 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 they just didn't last that long, and that, and that was on a fine day, you know, a fine day with hardly any wind, so... So you know the the, mm. the elements couldn't have been blamed for it, and so it's yeah, it, it's kind of a yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's a it's a mystery, it's an interesting mystery to us as to as to can I jump in they, here a moment? Why they get uh, knocked down? In the but, beginning, when this stuff would happen to me, people would come purposely to destroy. I'd get so frustrated, thinking I'm going to have a break in the winter, I'm not going to be doing any, and in my frustration, I'd go and destroy them all myself before they got their hands on them. But many times I rebuilt it, rebuilt it, rebuilt it. And then I had this frustration. So I'd tear it all apart, throw it all in the ocean and say, well, then I get the chance to actually say when. And that's satisfied me and I felt a lot better about it. And then there was nothing there. And people would say, well, where's all your sculptures gone? I said, I'm just having a break. You know, these idiots have been destroying them. I've put them to rest. I've put them to, um, to rest in the ocean where they were. And they're all there, ready to go anytime they want to. It's just that uh, I get some pleasure out of destroying something that they think they're going to destroy, and, and that's where it ends. Well, um, that's changed now. All that stuff's different now. It's just a okay. different game altogether. We've put um, a few photos, which Anthony gave us, stills from the <coughs> onto the B Side Stories Facebook page. And um, given that there's been a lot of interest in that, I would say you've probably got more fans than you have detractors. So. Yeah, yeah, that 99% yeah. so carry on. Uh, is the uh, fans, and that fraction of a percent yeah. is this idiot. Yeah. Great, well, it's been great talking to you guys. Thank you. Thanks so much Thank for coming you. in Thanks. to B-Side Stories. Um, so this has been B-Side Stories on Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM. Thanks for listening and thanks Sophia for helping me out my first time. You're welcome. <laughs> I hope it was I hope it was successful. We'll, we'll hear <laughs> it. Um, don't forget that you can download B-side stories uh, after the fact on SoundCloud. Uh, if you just caught the end or you want to show your mum, uh, soundcloud.com forward slash B-side stories. Uh, and to show you out, here's a bit of Fly My Pretties.
That program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks, New Zealand On Air, for funding the Access Internet Radio Project.